I felt myself distancing away from who I really was and um, not having the support from my spouse of, you know, giving that encouragement or that extra example of, you know, we need to do this. Why weren't you going? Just too much going on? Too much going on and didn't feel settled. I didn't feel like I had a place to go. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. So this is the rest of my story. And I don't know how to make this point, and I don't know why I have not been able to like, figure out how to put this in the words for the last week, but one, I have been really concerned, Matt, that you and I haven't had a face-to-face since then, but hearing those comments, I was just concerned that I may have actually made you feel judged, and that no, worried me this whole time. So I'm glad no, I'm good. gotten past that. I know you have thick skin, and it yeah. wouldn't have, yeah. you probably wouldn't even have cared even if you did feel like I was judging you, but... I didn't feel that okay, at all. good. And it's interesting you say that is because you know, the only reason why you think that is because somebody else brought that up. Yes, but that's... That's a perspective you... I mean, yeah, you want to listen to other people's perspectives, but... I know I have been kind of oblivious to some things sometimes, like how I made <laughs> you feel and like my relationship with Jessica. And that that was one of those moments like, oh my gosh, was I actually being Judgment. judgy to Matt? And like, did I make him feel like I was like calling him out for however it was worded, like you being too stupid to see the signs or something or see the red flags because that I, I was worried that that was the point that may have been no but, but here's the me, thing but. there's so many people who have talked to me that way mm-hmm. about the circumstance that and I know what my answer is to that it's like well this is because I'm 100% confident with what my feelings were at that time mm-hmm. that it doesn't even phase me okay yeah well the way I feel about it and I, I don't I need to figure out how to try and put this into words in our recording tonight is like it very much explains your contribution to the success of our scenario here because you come into a relationship that is, by anyone else's standards, unconventional uh-huh. or by anyone else's standards would quickly be judged as not okay, not cool, not comfortable with this. Yeah. But you come into it saying, I'm going to find out for myself if this is a scenario I'm cool with or not. And that's why it's so important that I, th- I truly believe people need to be open-minded yes. to a relationship. To me, that proves your open-mindedness. Yeah. And by me, in that last episode, like that was my takeaway from that episode was, cool. this is why it works with us, is because yep. you are open-minded enough more than almost everyone else out there to come yeah. into this scenario and not be immediately turned off by it and shut it down. Yep. So that's, that's a point it. I want to try and make in tonight's recording. I don't okay. know how to say that well. but I think you just did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, probably. You can just use that right there. Yeah. You guys got me crying already tonight. <laughs> You're such a crier. <laughs> it's because her mom wrecked on her bike today. <laughs> Your mom that did. is not why I'm crying. That's why she's My sensitive. mom's perfectly fine. No, like this is what I'd always hoped for in realizing I was getting a divorce. Like, and to see it like this, to hear you guys talk and to sit in this room and be able to have these conversations is like <laughs> makes me so happy. And so they're happy tears. Of course they're happy tears. <laughs> okay, but it's just like it's so cool. And it's still 
gets to me sometimes that we can actually do this and mm. well that and, getting to you probably never go away i don't think so it's... either and which i love i love feeling this like that i get to enjoy all the parts of my life and like they're different now but still a part of me yeah and, and the biggest thing i think too is like it's going to show specifically penny that this is the way you treat people yeah yeah and i hope and pray that someday like my kids can see that as well and have the support from all parties involved in their life that this is how it should be right this is so, amazing yeah well and i think they get to see that with us like and especially i know sarah sees that like when she made that thing for Steve. I was about to ask who oh, Sarah like, is. Sarah? <laughs> I switched to names, different right. names, just in case. Sarah, yes. But like, I think she gets that and sees yeah, I immediately, that that's good. I have I have a team member, her name's Sarah. I was oh. like, what? Seriously. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. Okay. All right, so we're going to jump back into your story. Okay. Where did we leave off? At the reception. At the reception, yeah. So the last couple of weeks, we took a little bit of break and we gave our listeners a glimpse into an interview with Natalie Hodson. And now we'll get back into my story. Yeah. And can we just say how much I enjoyed her? Natalie is <laughs> She's awesome. So cool. Natalie yeah. is an amazing person. Yeah. Because she kind of gave kudos to you, Jess, that she told you that you're this person that feels just you're little, but you're so powerful and you have this sense of love that always you know permeates off of you. And she's the same way. Oh, yeah. Like you know that. What she's saying is coming from her heart. And yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. I had somebody comment today that said she asked such good questions. And mm. I was like, she really does. She's very yep. insightful. Yeah, it was really fun to record with her. Yeah. yeah. All right. So back to you and Steve to be the moderators. Oh, yeah. We get yes. to ask the questions. <laughs> yes. Okay. So did we establish, I know, like at the reception, you were not Hank's dad yet. Like, you hadn't biologically or no. adopted him, I mean, yet. No, I hadn't okay. I hadn't adopted him. Because I was talking to somebody the other day, and we were trying to establish how long the dad had to come forward. In Idaho, it's pretty short. It's pretty short. Like how short? Five months, six months? I think it's like six months. That's what I was thinking, because it seemed... From birth? From birth. Oh, that's so short. I thought it would have been like short. 10 years or something. No. Okay. So dad, biological father, has six months to come forward and say he wants some part in this child's life, yeah. or... And I'm not 100% sure on that, that timeline, so okay. I mean. But something like that. Because you, you had adopted him within the first year, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yep. What That's were cool. the conversations leading up to that? Did we already touch on this in the last one about, I guess we did, that you had gotten a text? Yep. Okay. And wanted it to happen. You wanted it to happen. You guys yep. moved forward with you adopting Hank. Yep. We got married, moved forward, moved to new house. Yeah. And so you're living in Nampa, yep. right? Yep. And working, and how are things going? Like after reception, you're getting settled in. What were the next steps in your relationship? The thing on my mind was work. Like just, I got a family to provide for. I got a house payment. I got a car payments, two car payments. I got everything on my shoulders, I feel like. It seems like it very quickly kind of yeah. piled on you. Like, bam, boom. Here yeah. are and all these new... Financial responsibilities that you got to yeah, step up to the plate for. And Anne recognized that as well. She recognized that, okay, she's also going to have to work. And so she did. She went and got a job working for a restaurant. At that time, it was, I believe it was Jaker's. She worked at a few restaurants, did she? Like yeah. throughout your marriage? Yeah. Yeah, she worked at several. And yeah, we can go through that timeline. 
So did you guys like, were you working during the day and then she would leave at night to go yeah, work? Yeah, so I'd work, I was working at this time at our warehouse in Nampa. Uh, we had moved out to Nampa. Our warehouse meaning your shipping company, yeah. correct? The shipping company yeah. you were working for at least. Yep. Okay. So we moved out to Nampa. It was kind of a joint venture with a scrapbooking company that they wanted us to be their full shipping company and they were fine with us shipping the rest of the stuff that we had. Remind you that this is when the market is crashing. Like we're losing counts left and right. Mm. And because there's probably all these little yeah, it's all these small little... vendors that are suddenly yep. closing up shop. Yep. Cuz your your shipping company is kind of a at least the way I understand it's kind of a, a local small Amazon, right? Yeah. Like you're the ha- warehouse it's that just, houses all the products. Yeah, it's As kind sales of a come sink. in on a daily basis, you're the one that fulfills those orders and ships them out, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so like I said, we were losing counts left and right, and it seemed right for us to, okay, let's kind of do a joint venture here with this company, move our company out to Nampa, and have a joint warehouse with them. So I was working in Nampa close to home, and on occasion, I'd be able to come home for lunch, but it wasn't that often. And yeah, so I'd get home at the end of the workday and just in time for her to go to work. Now, if she had shifts that started earlier in the day, like at 4 or 3.30 sometimes, she would take Hank into Grandma's house in Boise, and I'd have to go to Boise and pick him up and then take him home. So you guys aren't seeing a lot of each other. No. That's hard, too. Yeah. I mean, that creates a whole other level of stress. It's super hard because here she's working at nights at a restaurant, and I'm working days. So I'm, you know, putting Hank to bed every night. And, you know, doing that while she's at work, I'll try to go to bed. And with a newborn baby, they're, they're getting up. They're, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would do that. There'd be times where I would get up with Hank and she's still not home at like two in the morning. Wow. And I was just like, what the heck is going on? Right? I mean, I had never experienced somebody working at a restaurant. Like in my family, we didn't, like nobody worked at a restaurant. So shifts that go till 2 a.m. was not. Yeah, I had, I had no idea. Were the shifts actually going till 2 a.m.? Like were the restaurants? No, I don't think so. Is it just kind of like hang out after work? You're already there? Yeah. It, yeah. It, who knows? Who knows? I really don't. But that's hard. Yeah, it was hard. We didn't see much of each other. So Hank and your daughter are how far apart? They are 17 months apart. So at this time, we didn't have. No. Yeah. Sarah. Yeah. But then, like, not too long into your marriage, she's pregnant. Right. Like, not even eight months into your marriage because yeah. Hank was already, like, four months old when you got married. Right. So that's a whole nother thing, too. Yeah. And was that a surprise? It was a surprise. It I mean, not planned. that, yeah, it wasn't planned, but not unwanted. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I figured out how, you know, how to make babies. <laughs> <laughs> Quicker than me and Jessica did, apparently. <laughs> yeah. We figured it out. We just need lots of practice. Yeah. <laughs> So shortly, yeah. So I was, again, going back, I was working days, she was working nights, and we just didn't see a lot of each other. And then, you know, about eight months in, we find out she's pregnant with Sarah. And about that time, like, everything was crashing. in. Like, I wasn't able to keep up on my mortgage. And so at what And I was point? losing hours with my job already. Mm-hmm. So I quickly, I still have a great relationship with UPS. And so I... I got a part-time job with UPS working from 2.30. So now this throws another 
Yeah. So now you have a second job, even so now more I have a second job. time away from. So I work at the warehouse, and then my second job is UPS from 2.30 until about 7.30. Mm. And you kept that job until mm-hmm. we were married. So that was a long time that yeah. you were. It was a great that. job. And so at what point, I mean, did you have to give up your house? Yeah, so we let the house go. And like I said, it was right about the time we found out that we were pregnant with my daughter. And you moved to where? We moved to Boise. And we actually moved into the neighborhood right next to her parents. Anne's parents. And not far from my parents, which was great. Okay. It was back into the church ward of her original ward. Ward meaning the congregation. Yeah, the congregation. Church congregation. Uh Yeah. And so she felt comfortable there. She felt comfortable there, I think. I felt comfortable there because that was my stomping grounds was that area. So we moved back into very close to my neighborhood growing up and the neighborhood that my parents moved into when I was in high school. And, and so you've got grandparents close. Yeah, so we have family close, close. So we so moved So you got an there. apartment? No, it was a house. House, okay. It was a four-bedroom, three-bath house. Like a yeah. rental? A rental. That's a big house. That is a big house. Yeah. How long did you guys live there? We lived there, I think it was almost a year. It was just short of a year. Okay. And rent on that house was much more affordable than your mortgage on. Yeah. And I'm not surprised. Yeah. Right. When you and, like, Jessica, you and I, when we rented out our house... The rental market was super inexpensive yeah. compared to our mortgage that was huge. So we were supplementing so, uh, our that's mortgage. Backwards. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's backwards. We, uh, we were renting our house for half of what our mortgage payments were. Yep, that's about Which right. is why I'm not surprised that you were able to rent a bigger home yeah. than for a whole lot less than what you were paying. This is mortgage at the exact on. same time we're renting. Yeah, exact that's same so time. Weird. Yeah, because yeah. this is probably so this is when no. What year? What? It's 2008. Yeah. So this is right when you and I, Jessica, were moving to Belize. Is yeah. when you and Anne. Actually, it's the end of 2007. Yeah, moving 2008. To... Yep. Okay. That's crazy. So how long were you in this house? Almost a year. Just shy of a year, I believe. And how was that year? It was great. Was I... it better having unloaded the home and the mortgage and less stress. you having taken a lot the second less stress. job? I mean, okay. obviously, that's the last thing I thought I would ever do in my life is to offload a house mm-hmm. yeah because at this time i have perfect credit and <laughs> and now it's just tanking and that wasn't how you were raised no no yeah. way what were the consequences of that of someone what? who unloaded a house when you say unloaded foreclosed on foreclosed, it. You foreclosed on a house yeah. what were the consequences of that in this time frame you have a foreclosure on your on your credit i mean okay. which you can't buy a house yeah buy a house you can't get your credit card you can't get you can't get anything Okay. And nor did I want. I, did, I wasn't looking for more credit. I wasn't so you were good. It. I was totally fine. It was a lot of stress off of me. And that's why I think we were good for this long. Mm-hmm. I say long. Nine months. To me, that was a long time and during this relationship to be in one house. Okay. I was still working at UPS and a little bit with the warehouse. But at this time, the warehouse was, it was next to nothing. Mm. But yeah. How is your relationship with Anne at this point? And let's say in that it's, year. It was the same. I mean, I was working days. She was working nights. So just okay. not a lot of interaction. And, she, and by this time, she had transferred to a new new restaurant, Famous Dave's, that was really close to our house. When you guys did see each other, how was it? It was good. Yeah. Yeah, we... I'm trying to think what we did. Like, I don't feel like we went on many dates. I mean, you had a baby and now she's pregnant. Yeah. So I would end... Yeah, finances so, are tight. I would guess there probably wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for dates for many reasons. And 
during this time living at this rental house, we'd invited our brother to come live with, with us. Was that helping him out? Was that helping you guys out with rent? What um, was the I think it, 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 was, there? it was a mutual thing. Okay. I, I had just I just helped him get a job with the ramp work at UPS okay. at the airport. So it was good. There were some obvious rough patches, as there always yeah. is with right. roommates. For sure. And having a new family. And How is, at this point, your relationship with Hank? How are you bonding with Hank <laughs> as his adopted father? It is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Was, I've been I've been curious about what that experience, like I know what it was like for me like having I, a child, birthing, I keep birthing, using, but I mean Jessica and I having a biological child and what that bonding experience was like for me. I've always wondered what it is like for someone who adopted a child. I would say it was it's identical. The same, it's identical. It's the same. Yeah. yeah I was okay. going to say, and you can compare that because you had one of each. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it felt yeah. the same to you. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if that's the case for everybody. but yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is it? You know, I don't know I, without I don't asking know. other people who, who have adopted. I, I don't know. But. but I've always gotten the impression, like, it's never been like a, I forget that he's adopted. It's not I like didn't. It's I didn't a, know for the longest time. Yeah. I was quite surprised to find yeah. that out because you would never know the way your, your yeah. interactions with Hank and your interactions he's, with like it's obvious it's, you guys yeah. are yeah. well bonded. Yes, yeah. you are as dad. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. And it always felt like that too. Yep. And that's, that's how it should be. And that's and like it's I was cool gonna say, it, I've been using this word to explain that question to you specifically. Like it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, the picture of, of having a son was I can't wait to build jumps with this kid. I can't wait to take <laughs> him up <laughs> snowboarding. I can't wait to, you know. Show him how to wakeboard, how to surf. I can't wait to show him all of the things that I love to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows in my relationship with him now. Yeah. Right. Is <laughs> we love mountain biking together. We love driving fast cars together. We love. Um, <laughs> Does he squirrel? Snowboarding. With a super oh, yeah. soaker. Yeah. <laughs> he, we, he loves to squirt squirrels. Which is what Matt was doing before we started this recording. <laughs> we had to call him in from the backyard. He was out <laughs> squirting the squirrels with the super soaker. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you guys like to play. Yeah. Which love, is great. I've, that is, that's like play. good bonding time, man. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Sons and dads playing. That, Any yeah. good that's kids vital. playing. Yeah. That's good. Steve, I guess I was going to ask you this question. I know, like, did you have that type of relationship with your dad? I have a lot of memories of my childhood. Not a ton of them with my dad. I don't know. Like, I mean, we like, did. you look forward to, like, going skiing with him? Did you look forward to remember, mountain biking with them? I remember look- a lot of that as like a youth. I don't remember a lot of that as like a young kid. Okay. Did you ever get like one-on-one time like with your dad? My favorite times with my dad usually was me and my brother and my dad. And my favorite times that I remember growing up were snowmobiling together and... Was all three of you? Yes. Okay, cool. And jazz festivals, jazz concerts. I was in the jazz band. My dad was super into jazz, like... I feel like he and I didn't have a lot in common that we kind of like bonded over, but those things we did, snowmobiling and jazz. So I have fond memories of those. Cool. But, Anyways, yeah. I just was curious. I thought yeah. It was on my mind, so I thought I'd ask him. There you go. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so, so that, that was my relationship at this time with, with Hank. <laughs> and we had fun. I remember in this house, it had a big front living room, and we didn't have any furniture in it. I think we didn't have the money to buy furniture we just used the furniture that we got from hand-me-downs yeah getting married and we got a like a inflatable bounce house like a, a mini one that 
we would set up in the front room and <laughs> we would just play in it. And yeah, we just have a blast. Who needs a couch when you have a jump house? Exactly, in the, in the living room inside. <laughs> um, so it was good. It was really good bonding experiences. And I will say that one of the cool things about living that close to her family and my family is we had family really close within walking distance, you know, five minute walk from her parents' house, her brother, sister, her brothers could come over and play and, and they did often. That's cool. Especially her little brother would come over and, you know, <laughs> hang out with Hank during the day. And, you know, I remember he, he would strap Hank to with, using one of those baby Bjorn things, mm -hmm. you know, that you're supposed to wear, I think on the front of your yeah. chest or something like that. Yeah. He strapped this baby Bjorn to a vacuum <laughs> and put <laughs> and then vacuumed the house with him. <laughs> it was, there were good memories for him. So in that year when you're living in this house, anything else significant that took place in you guys' uh, life? Yeah, Sarah was born. Okay, Sarah was born. Big event. That was a huge event. <laughs> Another birth. Same hospital. Same hospital. <laughs> yeah. Somebody reached out to us. Yes, I wanted to ask you about this. Who what? knew which room you Someone... met her. She was a nurse in the room when Hank was born. Was she a nurse? She Someone knew... on our social media said, yes. Matt, I knew you were going to do great things ever since I met you in room whatever, whatever at St. Luke's. <laughs> I was I'm just like, oh, she knew we need to know who this number. is. She was the nurse. She was the nurse. Okay, the nurse. Yeah. Which, okay. so both. At, at both. She was there at both? Yeah, so oh, she was funny. She was the nurse because she's good friends with Anne's family. Okay. So we made it sure that to schedule it, that she was at Hank's and at Sarah's. So Anne was induced the second time too? Yes. Oh, cool. Yep. That makes it easy to plan around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love who this podcast She's, is reaching. Like it is. People, people from so many out. different walks of each of our lives. <laughs> it's it interesting. It's fun. It's fun to see and have memories of what happened. Yep. Second birth of a child was a lot easier just because I knew what I was getting into already. Mm-hmm. You were married. I was married. You had nine months to prepare for this. Yeah, so this birth time instead I was, of one month, <laughs> I was ready to catch that baby. It was your kid. It was my kid. You had seen your wife naked. <laughs> yep. Which you hadn't in the first one. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yes. yes. Uh, Bring back really good memories. I was gonna say that's probably a lot less it was stressful. Good. I remember. So like, Anne could recover from that. You recovered from that really quickly. Like from she bounced childbirth back. from childbirth. And so the next day, they release you from uh -huh. the hospital. And I remember the day that we got home, she wanted to go directly for a walk. Like, put the babies. Whoa. We got a double stroller now, right? She wanted mm. to try that double stroller out. And so we put both of the babies <laughs> in a double why. stroller. That's the motivation to go for the walk. <laughs> we have this cool double stroller. <laughs> yeah. Things motivate you like that. Funny. That's awesome. And we went for a walk. And I was just like, this is normal? No. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> so... I'm not surprised, though, not that I know Anne super well, but she's incredibly athletic and uh -huh. fit and yeah. seems like Type of person I could see that happening. Yeah. 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 So were you guys still, you were still in that house? Still in that house. How so soon after Sarah being born did you move out? I, I think it was around probably anywhere between three to six months. Why did you move? <laughs> we had actually, we got a letter that was supposed to go to the homeowner's Oh. Mm. Instead, it came to that house, and basically, it was almost saying something like, "Your house is about to be foreclosed." Oh. So they were losing their house. I don't know. You, you didn't want to be caught in that. Yeah, and so 
that kind of threw us kind of in a spiral of, oh crap, how long do we have? I didn't want to hurry and get up and move. And You want to be prepared. Yeah. But we quickly moved. To where? Just another house a couple miles away. It was actually a basement apartment. Good move? Terrible move. Uh, we were only there for two or three days. Oh, dang. Whoa. So that is yeah. a terrible move. Why? Yeah. So the homeowner who just renovated this house to make it an upstairs, downstairs apartment said that she had completely soundproofed the whole house. I don't think that's possible with a basement apartment. No, it's impossible. <laughs> and so we first moved in. Basement was actually a little nicer, so we moved right in there. And that was probably a mistake because the people who moved in like a day after us, they really enjoyed having sex. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and That's it was, the worst. It was terrible because here I am. At this time, I had actually I switched shifts at UPS. So I was working the 2.30 afternoon to 7.30. And by this time, I'd been with UPS for about a year and no longer out in Nampa with the warehouse. We'd actually, my business partner, he quote unquote retired so that he could jump ship and <laughs> fire up our real warehouse again. Got it. So things were shutting down with that other company. I jumped ship and was helping my business partner back in the real warehouse, back in Boise, just a tiny, tiny bit. So then I, I switched shifts with UPS to work five in the morning until about nine in the morning. Mm. And so is that a good thing or was that? That was a great thing. For me, that was a great thing just because it gave me opportunity to hurry and get my day done with my main job now, which was at UPS, and just get my day done and spend the rest of the time with the family. So at nine in the morning, you were back home. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So back to that basement apartment. Yes. So I called up the landlord and said, hey, I can't really deal with this. Like, and it was always at night. Like, so Anne's at like, work. Like, hey, they're having way more sex Anne's than I am. Work. I can't deal with Anne's this. Anne's at work. <laughs> I'm not getting any. <laughs> and I have to listen to these people above me getting some. I can't do this. Like, it is not soundproof. <laughs> like, I can hear every single word they're saying. And they're not even yelling yet. <laughs> um, oh. What were they saying? I don't, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. And during this time, Anne had two jobs, I believe. She was working at Famous Dave's, and then she just recently got a new job with Buffalo Wild Wings that was just coming into Boise. Okay. So. So she's gone a lot. Yeah. So you really weren't getting any. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It wasn't just at those moments. It was. Right. And so, yeah, I basically told the landlord, look, I don't think this place is really prepared for dual occupancy we're going to we're going to have to move. So then where did we move? We moved about 3 blocks away from that into a those quad houses. Okay. Where there's like what are those called? I don't know. Townhouse. Townhouse with four apartments attached okay on all sides. We were there for about I think I want to say a month and a half, two months. It's not very long. No. And then what facilitated that move? I don't know. I don't remember. At this point, this was the longest time I hadn't 
being at this apartment, from the basement apartment and in this apartment, now been called to a calling in the Spanish branch mm. in Meridian. So he and was, a Spanish yeah. branch, explain to someone who doesn't know Spanish branch Mormon is, is like a, a ward. Or a congregation. Or right? a congregation, but it's a of smaller membership. It's not as big of a congregation. And it's all done in Spanish for the Spanish-speaking members of the church. Yeah. So I'd just been called to be the young men's president in the Spanish branch. Because you are fluent in Spanish from your mission days, correct? Yep. Cool. And I remember the Spanish branch, at this point, it's kind of a blur. Because now I'm like, okay, why are we moving again? We're moving. I don't feel like these are the right moves. But I'm feeling the pressure from Anne. We got to move. We got to change. And obviously, some of that's my pressure too. Of I don't want to hear these people having sex all the time. And I remember the Spanish branch. I think that's how we moved from there. Is the Spanish branch came in, and they completely moved us really into that apartment and got us in there and got us settled. That's nice. But from moved there, you meaning like this is one of my favorite things about the Mormon Church when you are moving. From one house to another, you call the elders quorum president is the person who oversees the group of men in the congregation and says, hey, we're moving into a new place. And they organize a group of young, able-bodied people to come move all your stuff and unload your truck for you. I think it's the coolest thing. It's awesome. (laughs) It is such a great welcoming. Like, it is nice to know people are there to welcome. It's sometimes hard on the ward or whatever but to have to constantly every yeah. every evening or weekend or whatever not all the time but to be constantly helping yeah. people move but but it is much appreciated when yeah. it works yeah. out to do it yes and it's cool that it is also oftentimes your introduction to these are the people that are now in your congregation like day one moving into your new house here they are meet them get to know them yep. so this time period of moving from this basement apartment to this new apartment i don't do apartments i don't like apartments mm. but i mean if you have to do it you do it this was during Christmas. Christmas, New Year's was during this time period. Okay. And we had our tree all set up in that basement apartment, and we had Christmas there. And so this is all during Christmas time. Okay, wait, basement apartment, you were there for three days. Yeah. And two of those three days were Christmas Eve and Christmas? I think so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then you moved out again before New Year's. Yeah. It may have been more of like a week. It felt like short time frame. It was just very, very short. Interesting that it was right at Christmas. Though. That's a lot. It was a ton. So right after the Spanish branch helps us move into this new apartment, that was the last time I went to church for about two, probably two months. Why? And that's the longest I've been away from church. See, that is like shocking to me because I, I mean, you were like, oh, we're I, there every Sunday. Absolutely, and that's how I, I've always been. Yeah, and I so never imagine that. I felt myself distancing away from who I really was and um, not having the support from my spouse of, you know, giving that encouragement or that extra, you know, example of, you know, we need to do this. Why weren't you going? Just too much going on? Too much going on and didn't feel settled. I didn't feel like I had a place to go. I had just recently been called to the Spanish branch. We moved we actually moved out of the boundaries of that Spanish branch area into this new apartment. And so once you move out of the boundaries, you have to get special permission by the state president and then from the area authorities to 
keep going. To keep having that calling if you're not. There are the people that oversee the different congregations and the people that are assigned to lead those and such, right? I'm going to try this week to put up a post that has like some Mormon terms (laughs) so that people Put it up online? Yes. I have it all written out. I just need to do it. So just... If you're wondering about some of these terms, we use go look for that. That's yeah. my goal. It's on my list this week. Is that would be good. I have gotten some feedback from people who say, hey, yeah. I'm so intrigued by, you know, you talk about, and, he's, and they said, I love that when you talk about the church that you try and put it in terms that someone who isn't familiar with the Mormon church would, yeah. would know. Right. So that's, that's helpful. Good yes. idea. So we'll try and put that up. So we moved into New Ward, new mm-hmm. congregation, but we never went to that one. Because okay. you were only there for like a month and a half or whatever, two months. Yeah. Two months. And so then you moved yeah. again. Yeah, so at that time, I think she was fully on board at... Buffalo. Buffalo Wild Wings. And the apartment complex that we moved into was the apartment complex of one of Anne's ex-boyfriends. And I didn't realize that at the time. Like he um, owned it or managed it? or He's no, living there. He, was oh, he lived there. in oh, okay, okay. He just okay. lived in another apartment there uh, with him and his wife and his kid. And looking back at that, I thought that was odd. Mm-hmm. Because there would be random times where like, I'd come home and there he is sitting in my living room. I'm like, what the? What is he doing in my jump house? In my jump house. <laughs> well, this time we didn't have a big enough living room. Oh, to jump dang. House. No jump house in the living room. And so I thought that was odd. That is weird. Like middle of the day, come home yeah. and he's at your house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would make me question. Yeah. And I think um, at that time he was selling satellite dish network or direct TV or something like that. And, you know, I was just always told that that he was there to help with getting DirecTV installed. I believe you told me once, like, you came home and he's just, like, chilling on your couch, though. Yeah. Like, just hanging out. Yeah. So you were kind of like, what's going on, but not really yeah. too concerned, but in the back of your head. Yeah, in the Is back that... of my mind, I'm like, because I'm, again, I'm a very trusting person. Mm-hmm. So it's just in the back of my head, like, okay, that's kind of weird. Let's move on. And it's kind of weird, but I trust my wife. Yeah. Basically, right? Okay. Yeah. So shortly after that apartment, we move into a different house. Why did you leave that one? I don't remember. Okay. But you moved. Yeah. Moved again. How long were you at the new place? The new house? That was for a while, wasn't it? It was for a while. Because that was across from our other friends. Yep. If I'm remembering this move correct. And what year is this now? So this is 2009. And how old is Sarah at this point? She's almost a year. And so mm-hmm. Hank must be two? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we move into this house, and this house is actually... <laughs> so this is probably about the time, getting close to when Penny's being born. Yeah. In Belize. Yeah. Right? So okay. we... Yeah, towards the end of this year. <laughs> so this house that we move into, like you alluded to, it was right across the street from who are now are some really good friends of ours. Mm-hmm. But... I think this was a huge blessing for me was that this was actually in my parents' ward. Hmm. And we didn't really know that as we looked, but then we got in diving deeper into the address and where it was at is like, whoa, this is my parents' ward. We'll be in my parents' ward. Sweet. So do you think that helped you feel more at peace and calm? Is that kind of what you're saying? It's like when you moved in there, it was like, okay, I feel like I'm settled some. I feel like I know some people. Yep. Which it sounds like you needed. You said you kind of felt on your own, yeah. not having kind of the support or the push or the side by side like momentum with your wife in moving forward in the church. Right. 
So this is probably what you needed as far as your progression in the church. Yes. To be in your parents' ward. Yep. Because I yeah. assume your parents were very active in the church and they were. attending they weekly. They still are. They're still in that ward. And for someone who doesn't have experience in the Mormon church, like Sunday attendance, as with any church, it's pretty much, I mean, it's a big thing. It's very important. It's a huge priority in your week. It is, yeah. and often very much an indicator of if that's happening, so are so many other things that... Right. Go along with church. Yeah. Yeah. And if you start to skip Sunday meetings, chances are you're also starting to skip a lot of other things in, yeah. in, in your belief system and in life and such. So, yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. in the same ward as your parents. Yep. How long were you in this house? I want to say we were, again, probably about eight or nine months. Okay. So mm. it was for a while. Yeah. And your case of Hank's two, he's one. You guys have been married for two Years-ish. Yeah, two-ish years. And you guys were married how long total? Wasn't it four? But you were separated for like the last... For the last year. Okay. Yeah, so four years, but like Jessica said, the last year we were separated. So talk about what, between this move of you moving into this new house and in the same ward as your parents, what transpired in that time frame? So again... In your life, in your marriage, in your... Yeah, so I was working still at UPS. I had a second job with her dad and he was helping a company. With Ann's dad. Ann's dad, Anne's dad. Yeah. okay. Yeah. He was helping a company establish their a fire extinguishing business in conjunction with a sprinkler fire extinguishing uh-huh. business. So anyways, so I was working a second job doing that, which was great. I get along with her dad really well. I still do. And so it was fun working with her dad. But again, I was working UPS in the mornings and coming in working the second job right after that. Okay. So I was working a lot. And she's still working. Yep, she's still working. And and still in the restaurant industry. And therefore lots of evening night shifts. Matt loves the restaurant industry. I hate the restaurant. (laughs) I was going to say, we should probably tap into this. So one thing that I learned through this experience with Anne working at the restaurant and in that industry, I always compare the restaurant industry to one of the scummiest industries there can ever be next to the porn industry. Because here's the thing. You start your shift at three or four. You work in the afternoon. In the afternoon. You work until midnight, one o'clock in the evening. You go home and you sleep until 11 o'clock that next morning. And then you start that cycle over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's the industry. Right. So if you want a social experience or to have friends, when is the time that you would find to have any social interaction? When you get off work? When you get off work. Mm. So in the restaurant industry, at 1 o'clock, when everybody gets off or 2 o'clock, they go hang out. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's super late at night, and there's, there's not much to, to do. do. And it does seem to me, and I don't have a lot of experience in the restaurant industry, but it does seem to me that more so than most industries, your coworkers are your friends, are your Absolutely. social life. Yep. So and here's that's a, why. And, and yeah, here's that is a group why. They're of, on the same the same schedule as you, and they're yeah. the ones that are right there when you're getting off your shift. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's go hang out at so and so's place because yeah, we can do that, mm-hmm. or let's go down to the bars and dance, and so it's. The social interaction happens after your shift Uh through the night. I remember there was a lot of nights where I would get up two, three in the morning and 
Anne still wasn't home. With, at this point, Hank and Sarah. Hank and Sarah. Two babies. And Anne's not home. And I'm just like, really? Like, they really need to clean up the restaurant? Like, this late? Like, man, it must have been a rager there. How late are you talking? Like, what's... what's Two or three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And most restaurants are closing so, at midnight. There was times where... Because I had to get up. I was still working at a UPS shift at 5 in the morning. So I'd have to get up at 4.30. Mm. There were mornings where I would get up at 4.30. And here I am getting up at 4.30 to go to work. And she's coming home. Oh, wow. And so this is why my perception... So you, two on, you are on complete opposite yeah. sleep schedules. Yeah. Wow. But again, it's, this is why my perception and my, my thoughts of the restaurant industry are very... Jaded. Yeah. And so, like, what's your guys' relationship like at this point? We're going to church. We're in my parents' ward. And I feel like it's good. But again, I'm I'm not one to bring up a confrontation of, hey, if she wants to spend time, like, I would ask questions like, why did she get home so late? But in all reality, like, I'm going to let somebody live their life if they, you know, so our relationship was, I mean, I thought it was okay. So are you, I guess, I wish I could see one of those interactions, of course you can, but like when you two are passing at 4.30 in the morning, what is that like? Is it like a, like you're happy to see each other? Like, yeah. like a warm embrace and like, hey, how was your day? Like, I love you, I miss you, headed out. Like, No, it wasn't any of that. Or was it just like a quick handoff? There was no handoff, it was more Kids of, are in bed. Yeah. Kids are in bed, I'm getting in my car, she's getting ready for bed. Okay. And a lot of times I would be, so when she'd get home, I'd already be asleep. Yeah. And so when I wake up, she's still asleep. And so there wasn't any. Mm. Yeah. And like where are you at financially? Are things better than when you first were married or is it? <laughs> things are good in this new house. And then <laughs> then she, to- um, she totals my forerunner, which this forerunner that I had, I loved my forerunner. <laughs> but... I got this forerunner when I was single and I needed my dad to co-sign on it. I hadn't built up that credit yet when I bought it okay. to be able to make this purchase fully on my own. So my dad had to co-sign. And that's when it got real hard. So when she wait, wait, wait. totaled it, there's more to that story. Yes. Like what there what were the circumstances behind so that? Here's why the crazy, did it get real hard? Here's the crazy circumstances, right? So Friday, we had called the insurance company and said, hey, we're going to cancel our insurance because we found a cheaper insurance for our vehicle. It was like $100 cheaper or something like that, which $100 a month cheaper, like that's significant. That's huge. And so we were getting ready to switch insurance companies. So cancel insurance on a Friday. The new insurance wasn't going to go into effect until the next Tuesday at midnight, Monday at midnight. Monday, she's going down to a softball game with her famous Dave friends or Buffalo Wild Wing friends. I don't not, at this point, I'm not sure. It's again the restaurant softball team, and she's on her way to that. And it's on Monday about six o'clock in the evening, five to six. Rear ends another forerunner the exact same year, and totals the forerunner. So you have no insurance. No insurance. Lapse of insurance, no insurance. Call both insurance companies like, hey, this is what happened. Like, what's going on? And they both say, well, not our problem. Not our problem. Oh, gosh. So no insurance. 
What's this thing worth? At this time, what do you owe I, on it, I had still owed around, I think it was around $14,000 oh. I still owed. That hurts. Well, and wasn't there like some credit card debt that got racked up that yeah. you didn't really yeah, So I'm, I'm completely in debt. And, yeah. And after this, luckily, you know, she's safe. Everybody's safe. It was just that her in the car. Um, no kids in the car. I had the kids at home with me. And then it was kind of like, we don't really have a choice at this point. But yeah, so I, I kind of gave, basically gave an ultimatum. Look, since we don't have, after figuring out that no insurance is going to cover anything, I still owe 14 grand almost on this vehicle. A vehicle you no longer have. I have to pay for it because I have to make sure that my dad's credit stays mm -hmm. free and clear. Like that was my obligation of, mm -hmm. I have to do right by my dad and making sure that his credit stays clean. So I got to figure out how to pay off this vehicle as quickly as possible. Plus you got to get another car. And try and get another car, right? Mm -hmm. And so we talked about it and thought the best thing for us to do right now in order to get this debt out of, off of our shoulders is to move in with my parents. Mm. Say on rent. So there's zero rent and we just pay out of everything. So, yeah. Was that a decision you guys made together? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. What was your dad's take on this as the co-signer on the vehicle and now the one whose house you're moving into? I'm just curious what his... So you know my parents, right? I do know your parents. I love your parents. It was... Your parents are cool. <laughs> it, was, it was no big deal. My dad's biggest thing was everybody's safe. Yeah. yeah. And that is what was most important and in all that. It's just a thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, in fact, it was all of his buddies who helped me get it towed out and get it quoted out. And I was actually able to sell this totaled Forerunner for almost, it was almost $6,000. Really? Totaled. For parts or what? For parts, there were a lot of people bidding against each other because the engine of a Forerunner is very sought after. And so... There was a couple of people who came in and said, I think the engine's actually still good. Mm. So ended up selling it. And wow. How long did you guys live with your parents? About a year. Okay. And I was able to pay off the foreigner. Hmm. How was your relationship with your parents during awesome. that time? It was Same, great. better, worse? During that time, it was it was great. And then got another job as shortly after we moved into my parents' house, there was a job opportunity that came up with her yeah. with working with one of my family members who was opening a restaurant here in Boise called Mystique, which was a dinner theater. Dinner theater. They had one of those in Boise? I do with one in Pocatello. Yes, yeah, so they brought one to Boise. It was a magic theater. Isn't that the one in solely just magic? In Pocatello, oh, it's, it's magic. a castle, like yeah. literally yeah. Yep. a castle on the outside. Same, okay. same exact company, same okay. owner, mm -hmm. same everything. Except it was a smaller, a smaller scale here in Boise, and it was just magic shows. Was this a good opportunity for her? So she quickly became the manager of that restaurant and dinner mm. theater, and yeah, it was a great opportunity. Had she been in management positions prior to this? And no. What was she doing? And we, we haven't addressed that. What has she been doing in the restaurant? And serving. Table? Serving. Okay. Yeah. You get cash tips usually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't then. <laughs> <laughs> so. So you guys are a two-income family. How, and you got, and at this point, what? Probably three years into your marriage? About three years, yeah. I think you said in the last time we recorded that you were, you were the guy doing the numbers. You were the finance guy out of the two of you, right? Yeah. Out of you and Anne? Yeah. So what's the question? 
Matt's not going to give us anything unless we <laughs> cry for it, apparently. I just want to know about your... Our finances by then? Yeah, like, finances. Like I said, we, we paid off the Forerunner mm-hmm. fairly quickly. and that So was... then did you guys move out of your parents' house? So after we got everything paid off, after being there a year, we decided to that we were good to move back out. So you move out? Yeah, so we move out for about two days. What two, happened? Two days. <laughs> yeah. So we move out into a house. It had a pool, and it was fun, and we were excited about it. And A house with a pool, not an apartment with a pool? A house with a pool. Oh. But it was an above-ground pool. Okay. What? From what I've gathered from this story in the past is that you might have been excited about it. But, yeah. like, you move in, and, like, tell us about that day you move in. So we move all of our stuff out of my parents' house, and... I start moving it into our house, the new house that we just rent, signed the, the paperwork on, and I am unloading all of the boxes and, yeah, doing a lot of the moving. And then what happened? What? Tell us about that day. <laughs> just the day? Yeah, so, there's more to this. Yeah, so... Oh. I don't know what you're... <laughs> I haven't heard the story, so I don't know what more what there part is. of the story you want right just now. Just keep going with the whole story. Okay. She wants these all two days. the story. Okay, so... Tell us what happens. Now I'm now there's such a suspense. Yeah, <laughs> kind of suspenseful right now. So... This is a big part of your story it is. and what you've been through. Yeah, and that's probably why I'm a little reluctant of sharing. I don't know. Okay, so this day I'm working hard moving stuff in putting together rooms for the kids, doing it, you know, getting mm-hmm. moved in. And so I was excited because here's this pool. It's middle of the summer, and here we have a pool, and I'm excited to swim with the kids. And so I decided to take a break on moving stuff in midday, and I decided to go swimming with the kids. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go swim with the kids. Can you invite Anne? Yeah. Like, and- you don't just... Yeah. Say, and, hey, stay here and work. Like, yeah, this I'm like, is a... all right, let's go swimming. And she comes back and says, you know what? I don't really feel like swimming. I think I'm going to go play some disc golf with my friend. And I look at her, I'm like, disc golf? Have you ever played that? And she's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go play disc golf with, with my friend. And, and we're going to meet some other friends down and play disc golf. And at this time, I'm having this conversation in the pool with the kids, kind of, and she's on the porch, and I'm looking at her, I'm like, you don't want to, you know, swim with the kids, like, our new house, like, this is weird. And so she goes off and goes, plays, quote-unquote, disc golf. I thought it was weird. I thought, you know, the friend that she's going to play this golf with, I'm like, she's not a disc golfer. Like, that's weird. Were there other things at this point in your marriage that you thought that, that you thought, this just seems off, this seems weird? Yeah. I mean, the guy coming over at the one apartment. So another thing that seemed off, and this is when we were still living with my parents and towards the end of living with my parents. So there was this one magician who was from the L.A. area, and he... There was this one magician. It just is a I'm weird sorry, line. It was that, a weird line. Why that makes me laugh. There was this one We're magician. We're trying to not laugh. Yeah. There was this there was it a just magician. was a weird line. <laughs> not a guy, a magician. Anyway, from Mystique. I'm, I'm picturing from Job. That... Job from Arrested, from Arrested Development. Development. <laughs> That's funny. So, right. Okay, sorry. Okay, carry, sorry. carry on with the um, story. And 
so she'd become friends with this guy. I mean, they'd switch through magicians at Mystique quite often. So every two weeks or so, a new magician from out of town would fly in and Mystique actually wow. had an apartment near the the restaurant where the magicians would stay. So there was an apartment where the magicians would stay and they would just rotate through. Yeah. One of the magicians, you know, we became pretty good friends with. And we meaning you and Anne. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is a family-owned business. So part of my family owned this at the time. So I would go show up at, at Mystique. Yeah. Often. Part of your family owned Mystique. She worked for Matt's family. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you this guys became magician. friends with the one magician from <laughs> yeah, so LA we're, or we're, something. We were all friends and we got along and one of the weird things was he needed a ride to the airport in the morning of one of the mornings. And she invited him to stay at my parents' house in their guest bedroom, which I thought was weird. I didn't know why. You're very much a guy who follows your gut instinct, your feelings. You've made that clear throughout yeah. much of your story here. Yeah. I mean, if you have a feeling that something is off, I feel like that's significant to you, right? Like that's it is something. And at this time, again, I'm kind of digressing a little bit on in the story. We're still living at my parents. And during the, the last part of living at my parents, I remember almost every single night I would get night sweats. Mm. Like full-on night sweats. And this had never happened before. And so obviously there's some stress going on. There's something like full-on the whole bed soaked just with sweat. Gross. And I'd never had yeah. <laughs> and I'd never had that before. And I was like, what is going on? So I, I mean I honestly think it was it was stress. Stress. My my that body was your way. dealing with stress of what was going on in my mind and knowing that something wasn't right. So there are things that you're seeing before you moved into this apartment and she leaves to go It's a house. Your house, whatever. <laughs> With a pool. It's a rental. <laughs> you leave to go. She's leaving at nothing, this weird nothing time. Nothing against people who rent. No, I have nothing against that. I'm oh, just saying. I, I'm just saying. I kind of felt like your. I kind of felt like your tone Apartment. was. It was a rental. It's a rental. Like I always, people are always like, no, it was a house. And I'm like, whatever. well, Matt hates rented. apartments. Yes. Yeah. But so, so this wasn't the first time that you felt like something was off. Is kind of what I was. Correct. There this were different wasn't... little things that were kind of eating at you, but not like yes. you're letting it go. You're yep. choosing letting to let it go. It go. Okay. Yeah. So do you want to get into the next couple of days, or is that something that will take longer to get in? It will probably take a little bit to get in. I think this is a good time to stop where I'm having this conversation with my wife at the time, letting me know that she's going disc golfing. I didn't even realize she was into disc golfing. And you kind of called her out a little bit. I totally called time. her out. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, here we have this pool. Why wouldn't we swim with our kids? Like, and that that seems like a reasonable. And like, this is the day. Hey, it's day one. We're unpacking. Like, we yeah. have a hundred thousand things to do, but let's take some time and enjoy our new place. Get the kids in right. the pool. Like, and she didn't want anything. With it. That seems like a normal kind of a break. Going and doing something with friends does not. That of itself seems weird, even aside from disc golf and all that. Right. Okay, so something's up and your gut is telling you that. Yep. And you call her on it. Yeah. But she goes anyway. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode, 
and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.